Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. In the show, in the studio tonight, I have on the left, Francis Kwate Nio. This is a man who has painted for 43 years. He's my guest from the touch of bronze. And that is the sculptor who has everybody who matters in his studios. To the right, I have the man who started 20 years ago in the U.S. In Nordstrom and then left to pursue his dream as an artist, relocated to Ghana and is doing great stuff. Yao Ousu Safori from the House of Safori is on my right. And in the middle, the man of the moment, the VGMA Artist of the Year. Joe Metal is my guest on Springboard, your virtual university. Neil, Yao and Joe Metal, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me start from the man who is... 75 next year and looks like like 50 and and who takes all of us on and 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 and, and has a sculpture of everyone at a touch of bronze new how did this journey begin i mean how did you find out that you you had a gift as a, an artist or a sculptor i think actually finding out of uh, that you have a gift it doesn't come as natural as one may think Go ahead. Yes, it doesn't come as natural as you may think. Because if I can tell a little story before I tell you my own story. I mean, when I was in the UK, I worked in an office as a clerical officer. And there was a senior officer who there called Julie Roberts, who was our senior officer. She worked there. I was a young man there. And she was there. And she, I left the office and came back to Ghana. And I realized she has retired. I didn't know that she was an artist. But afterwards, I heard that her works, her paintings were selling for thousands and thousands of pounds. So when I went back to England, I got in touch with her. And I said, I didn't know you were an artist. I'm, I'm also an artist. I'm doing, you know, I'm making my living as an artist. He says, when she retired, she took it as a hobby. And then she started painting. And she realized that everybody was coming for her work. And then one guy came, bought all the work she had sold, and then started selling the works and that's how she discovered she could actually paint so all her life she was a civil servant she didn't know she's a great artist until she retired and she took it as a hobby but there are many people who have talents and gifts who don't have the courage to explore them and end up exploring them when they retire or, or never get to live that dream and somehow when they retire look back and see what i really would have loved to do is art or music or, or something else, but I didn't have the courage to pursue it. Yes. So you, you, you found it and pursued it. How? In my case, it came easy because we are, I come from a family of artists. Three of my brothers are all in the arts, and we all did art at college, and I went on to the College of Art, traveled outside England and did art. So actually, even my father, I didn't realize my father was an artist. But he is a very good handwriter. So I, I, I discovered that the talent came from my father. Right. But I knew from early on that I could draw better than others. And eventually, I put a lot of effort into it. I mastered my art. And this is how I ended up. 
Right. Let me come to you, Yao. You you also are in art, but you you draw more, much more than you've done a bit of sculpturing, but you, you you do much more of painting. How did you find out that you walked out of your job and said, "Listen, this is this is me. Let me pursue it." Let's talk about that one. Um, let me take the opportunity to say hello to your listeners and everybody here. Um, uh, you know, it seems like it's just like um, Mr. Wu's um, story, you know. Growing up, I think, you know, the people around you, you know, the environmental effects, I mean, there's a whole lot. I mean, I started off as a sports boy when I was in high school from high, from one to upper six. I represented Ghana in track and field. Right. In about six events, I was the champion, triple jump, and jump pole vault, discus hurdles, and I was more prominent in pole vault. So I did a bit of, um, you know, stuff around when it comes to sports. And I think I got that kind of discipline from there. Um, when I was in the States, and after I did a year national service in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I, I wanted to pursue architecture at Howard University. I was admitted. But unfortunately, you know, I couldn't um, uh, to drop out because of, you know, a few other things. And I worked with a company, I mean, a couple of companies, but the one that um, received my work and saw the, um, the um, maybe the, whatever it is, the gift, the gift, I may say it, you know, was Nordstrom. I was with them for four years. I did uh, Washington, D.C., and then New York, and then um, San Francisco. And one time, I just decided to learn how to rollerblade. Um, you know, within two weeks, I could do it. And I thought my life was still boring in a way. So what I decided to do was um, get into something else. And fortunately enough, one of my friends who was a manager in the store. We, did, we, we had gone into their homes. I saw some paintings then. About four or five guys, guys who were, we had gone in to listen to some um, you know, music and hang out. So what I did was uh, I saw the piece. I asked him about, you know, um, the works that the parents had, and he mentioned um, a whole lot of um, stuff to me. And I did, I told the guys, you know, I could do this. Honestly, I didn't know I could do it. And you know, they started <laughs> mocking at me. And so the next day, what I did uh, was I went to the store and bought some materials, and I started painting. I showcased my works to. Well, I mean, some of my friends saw my works and they told the store manager about it. She asked me to have a show in the store and about 15 pieces were sold within two weeks. That was kind so, of like a record. In a way. <laughs> right. We'll explore after discovering what next. But the word that you used that caught my attention was discipline. Let me come to you, Joe Bettel. When a person wins an award, you become everybody's friend. But there are moments, I'm sure, in your life when in the middle of the night, working through a song, writing a song, you ask yourself, what who sent me, Joe? What, what what am I doing to myself? Those are the moments I like to explore. Those moments that nobody gets to see, but which are very precious to you, the artist. Tell me about those moments of solitude, those moments of preparation that the world doesn't get to see. Um, most of the time, um, it, it, it has to do with trying to probably maybe prepare, first of all, for maybe an album, a single a major event that is more like a new ground or a place I've never been. I think one of the most difficult or challenging places I had to be was the fact that it was not a gospel event, solely gospel. It had to do with everybody, every... And I was like, these guys may have been here because of 
for whatever Jesus. reason. And right. It's not my usual church people. But what do I do? And, and on and on and on. Um, sometimes it, it, it takes me the whole night. There are times I'm asleep and I feel like I'm asleep, but my mind is not sleeping. So sometimes I get to that point where I say, you know what? If the mind is not sleeping, the body may as well just get up and work. Because I'll still get tired when I, I wake up in the morning. And so the preparations of trying to write a song, complete a song, you write, you throw it away, you realize that it doesn't fit the melody. Um, I'm one of those people when I'm writing to, I tell myself, does this sound real or, or sounds forged? I, if, if somebody did this song, would I appreciate it? Will I buy this song with my money? Right. If I won't buy it because I don't think it's, it doesn't sound that way, then it's not good enough for me to do it. Which is more difficult, the the composing or the performance? Both of them. Both of them. There, there, there are songs that sometimes during the writing you think about performance during writing. How they sound if it's been done live. And so you consider all that. Because if you just do it for the sake of just the song, it will sound nice. There are songs that people listen to and there are songs that people can sing with other people. Right. I love interactive um, sessions rather than just being Singing there and everybody will look at you. Uh, no, no. So in doing that, during the process, I need to consider all that, you know, during the writing. What Can there be a response somewhere? What would happen here? What would happen there? Is the melody something I've done too many times? How do I change it so that it sounds different? So there are times you write a line or two, leave it, go and come back. So you keep working on it. All the, the other people know is, is ready and you brought it. Right. But as to the Process. back and forth and the sleepless nights and... You know, but nobody really sees that. Let me come back to Francis New. And if you just joined us, this is Springboard of Virtual University. I get the privilege of hosting two artists and an artist. And my my quest is, to, as usual, to find out what it takes for somebody to operate at the very highest level. What does it take to be an award-winning artist? What does it take to break through and let your work be celebrated across the world? To have artworks in the homes of the rich and famous. To have your music celebrated and enjoyed by people all across the world. What is the difference between the person who makes it big and the person who never even rises beyond their small corner? Several years ago, one story that touched me so much was the story of Onipenua. He lived several years singing roadside music. Nobody knew him until very late in his life when when Faisal Helwani discovered him. And the last few years of his life were celebrity life and yet before that the man just sang by the roadside and nobody knew him knew did you get the benefit of somebody holding your hand and encouraging you as you pursued the path of sculpture well actually as, as, as i said earlier um i've always been drawing always been sculpturing and always been doing my art but the most important thing is that there's always a passion that drives you on that uh, you can't stop uh, actually planning to come up with a new art. Right. You always want to improve, do a better work than you did previously. And in those portion, in, in, in those times, you don't even think about sale. I mean, you don't even think about selling the art. You just want to come up with an art which is in you, which is forcing to come out. So you're always burning. There's a burning sensation that comes into you that keeps you going. They in, day out, that you want to come up. As, as I sit here, I've, 
entering this room, I've got a lot of ideas which I can put on paper. Right. <laughs> For every every idea you get in the studio, you can <laughs> we will come and get a commission. <laughs> it is 20 minutes past the hour of 7. This is Springboard of Virtual University, hanging out with Francis Niewia, Ufu Safori, and Joe Metal, trying to understand what makes artists great, what, what makes them hit the very highest levels, and what makes them explore the heights that none of us get to experience. Yeah, which... Let me ask you about the kinds of people who have bought your art and you lie down in the night. And it's not just about the money, but about the, 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 the sheer joy of knowing that this very notable person has my art in their home. I'm sure it's a nice feeling. It is. Like, it's, it's like singing for, singing for the president, singing for, for a very notable person. Tell me. I know you, you, you have some artworks in some very significant places. Tell me about them just for our listeners to get um, an idea. You know... In the States, you know, I did very well. Um, one of the accomplishments that I think I did was when I was had a challenge of working for United Therapeutics. It's the biggest biotech company on the east coast, coast of U.S., and they commissioned me to do a piece for their headquarters in Silver Spring, Maryland. It's 96 by 96 canvas. Wow. It took me about two and a half months to finish the piece. And um, the most beautiful part of the whole thing was um, when the piece was unveiled, and um, the lady who is the owner, the proprietress of the business, you know, she was asking, how did I get into her head? You know, because I, when, you know, the lawyers and other people called me to come up with the preliminary sketches, right. you know, I got exactly what they were asking for. But that is not exactly what I did. I did something that I thought they needed. Right. And that was what? Was that a risk? Um, I, I knew exactly what they wanted. I had really gotten into their business. You know, did a bit of research and, you know, knew that um, this will look better. Because actually the piece was a triptych and I did a whole piece which looks like a mural. Right. You know, and one of the, that is one work that I'll talk about. I mean, I'm talking about it right now. But there is a guy that I met. His name is Robin Bennett, who has about 32 of my originals. And wow. he built, I think, his second home in Maryland, sorry, in Virginia, because of me. He called me up and said, I'm going to get this house. I'm going to build this house because of you. When he finished, he told me it was because of my paintings. And um, because of me, he came to Africa. Actually, I brought him here in 2000, and then we went. Um, he went back and started doing business in South Africa, won a, Malawi, I mean, a, a contract with the Malawian government for about $200 million. So, so he lived in um, South Africa for about um, seven years, and they've gone back home right now. But he took me under his wings. I mean, this guy taught me a lot, you know. Yes, um, he's one person. Um, I could be mentioning names, right. but, you know, some of the times, you know, these people here, you know. Um, but fortunately enough, here in Ghana, um, you know, I'm doing some work for Tim Um You know, some friends have come to buy pieces to give as gifts. gifts to, yeah, some right. dignitaries, you know. Right. So, so when, you, those, uh, when, you, when, you, when you draw and you spend mm -hmm. hours on end putting it together and you get to know that this is this artwork is going to somebody very notable, I'm sure it makes you feel all the hours spent it does. working was worth it. It does. And I think the whole thing is the discipline, you know. Right. I think we all talk about it. The point is, when I started, um, I'm a self-taught artist. I did a bit of art in high school and stuff. But when I decided to paint, everybody thought I was crazy. 
you know, and um, I don't needed to take it an art class when I quit my job. You know, it was a job that paid about $60,000 a year, and I, I decided I was going to leave. So everybody around me thought I was not, um, you know. Correct. Correct, yeah. So That was 20 years ago? That was 20 years ago. Right. And I decided, um, yeah, um, 1997, I decided I wanted to take an art class, so I went and registered. My first day in class, the instructor mentioned, he said to me, he said, Sephora, um, I would want to talk to you. So he called me into his office and said to me that, um, you know, um, he would advise me not to even take the class. I should go take my tuition and registration and leave. And I did that, you know. But what I knew I had to do was to um, to do it on my own. So I started buying books. That very day in class, there was a lady called Ginger Rogers who asked me to meet their husband. I went to their home and he said, you know what, I know you don't have a studio. Would you mind if we give you... I mean, the first floor of our home for you to work in there. So I did. And she, they kept me in there for about nine months. They did almost everything for me. Looking you know. back, do you regret the move you made? Oh, no way. I mean, there are certain things. Yes, yes, yes. No there are certain way. things that, um, you know, um, I thought about that I think I lost, but. You know, that is some of the things you have to understand. You need to sacrifice at a point in time. And sacrifice is the word I want to bring to Joe Metal. And I'm going to come to you, Joe. Was there a time when you ever doubted that this was it for you in terms of music, pursuing a career, full-time musician? Was there a time when you ever doubted it? Um, I've never doubted. I think that in the course of trusting God, in the course of sacrificing and working hard and everything, there were times when it was difficult. You know, I needed to encourage myself. There were so many times when I had to say, you know what, it feels like it's going down, but it will work. And the, the reason was also because of the fact that it was a calling. I I held on to it. And I've, I've been told and I've read in the word, you know, that God doesn't give a, a promise or doesn't say something and go back on his word. He he performs that which he says. And so I was like, if that's the kind of God I'm, I'm dealing with, I don't have to doubt him. And before then, I've seen him take me out of so many things. So because I was dealing directly with him, I had no reason mm. to really um, give up or have doubts. Or It was difficult. I won't say that it was easy. There were times when I, I was close to saying, you know what, let me just go find myself something else to do. Wow. This is a waste of time. I'm sure somebody listening will say, no, definitely not Joe Metal. I mean... <laughs> Reading through the Facebook post, a significant jam on Facebook discussing intensely the Ghana Music Awards. And when it came to you, one of the things that ran through the themes consistently was that these guys worked very hard to get here. Are you surprised at how much people appreciate the work that you have done? Um, not really, but at the same time, I, I, I think that is overwhelming. I, would, I wouldn't say that this is what I expected or I have never done it to expect this. Right. Um, I've always wanted to just do what God wants me to do and honor him and work hard. Obviously, I believe that because he is God, he deserves the best. Right. So I always try to just go a bit Beyond. extra, you right. know. Okay. Instead of relaxing and just saying, this is where I can, this is it. This is how it's always done. I want something different. I want to do extra. If it's for God, then it has to be better. And so that's what drives me and it keeps me going. And every time I'm like, okay, we've done this to this point. Are we going to stay here? Okay, let's expand. Let's go to the next level. Let's 
we've done I've, I've done um, a few works in Ghana here. Can I do something else with somebody else outside Ghana? I tried. Sometimes they say, Charlie, it doesn't work that easy. I said, you never know. Let me. Sometimes you approach the person and he's like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, ah. But from behind, I was told that these things don't really work that way. And then from there, it's just. So. It's been a journey of exploring. It's been. I mean, there have been times before all these moments where somebody invites you somewhere and then another person. There was a time I was invited to a church and a friend did invite me and the pastor looked at me from head to toe and then looked at my friend who invited me and said, do you think we are joking here? Wow. Yeah. And truthfully, the man didn't allow me to, to sing. Right. You know, because then I... And I, I came out from a, a serious struggle... Back, like struggling background so I had to work for everything right? you know and trust God just God because I didn't have anybody I didn't have links I didn't I didn't know anybody from anywhere so it's hard work that is making both of my other guests nod their heads <laughs> when you say you had nobody and you struggled your way through I find both of my other guests Neo and then the Neo nodding their heads but let me ask you about your reaction to rejection because I suspect that there is somebody else out there who also has been rejected or who is still going through the rejection in your moment of glory who is saying, exactly. well, this is exactly what I face today, today. My, my, my reaction to rejection normally is, is working harder mm. and trusting God more. That's, that's how I react to rejection. Whenever I feel like these people don't want to accept me for who I am and they, are, they don't want to appreciate who I am, I work hard at like how even though I don't need their approval or anything. I said if if this is God's work and this is what God has put in me, it will get to a point it will be appreciated. And so I said maybe I'm not doing it well enough. Maybe there's there's I need to improve on what I'm doing. So I wouldn't say that okay because they've rejected me, um I'm giving up on this and walking away. No way. Right. I, I, like I, I was saying um um, um, behind that sometimes we we all have our provocation point or we have the things that provokes us there are times we are never provoked until somebody else rejects us mm. we think that we are there you think that you know the area you are you are the one reigning until you get to a point where you think that where, where somebody just pushes you away and then you will know that mm, you, you've not gotten to the place that you thought you've got into I haven't gotten to the place where I want to get to because I need to find out from the three of you what does it take to become world class. So far, Yao Ufus Safori has taught me something about going down the path where everyone thinks you are crazy, but pursuing it because it's a dream that God placed in your heart. Neil has taught me that you can work your whole life until you get to retirement and still not pursue the dream that God gave you because you want to do something else that has more security. And and, and you, um, you, Joe Metal, are telling me that rejection can actually be a springboard for you to work harder so that the same people who rejected you can come back and say, wow, you did it. Let me find out about turning points. Uh, so let me start with you, Neil. Turning points. I, I'm sure you started sculpting and hoping that uh, you will do well. But which is that one work you did that made turned everything around for your good? Which is that one one sculpture you did and you were like, "Wow, that one when it, when, when it was bought or when it went out, it created opportunity for you." Actually, I did so many works which I never sold. I just keep doing, and then I went to there's a Sunday market in England called Green Park. Piccadilly, where artists come and show their wares. 
and it's in Mayfair Park Lane. So right. there, you get the best art buyers come there. After they've had their breakfast, they walk on the streets and approach the artists and buy their wares. So they like buying work from the artists. I took a few works there, and I was selling them like hotcakes. I realized something must be good here. I had a, a, you know, quite a small collection, and I sold out. Within two weeks, I sold out. Two Sundays, I sold out. So I left my work. I was working the civil service. I left the work and put all my effort into it. And that is exactly what you have in common with the Ofosu Safari. You were pursuing something else until you suddenly found out that there was something else that 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 God would have you do. What is the place of your personal faith and your personal values? How do you deal with the pain of disappointments, rejection, frustrations? How does faith work in the work that you do? I believe in God and I believe my talent or gift. There's a, a thin line between talent and gift. I believe my uh, talent comes from my father. Obviously, uh, my father too got it from Adam. So I, I feel uh, I have to develop my talent to the extent that I have to, um, how can I put it? I have to develop my talent to the extent that, although I believe I have the talent, I don't regard myself as talented. It's hard people to tell me I have the talent, but I just keep going and trying to master my art, practice my art. I'm always practicing. I, even after all these years, I'm always practicing. I'm coming up with new ideas, new ways of doing casting, using different type of metals. I'm always practicing. I'm always trying to come up with new uh, designs and new techniques of finishing my work. You work for every president from, as far as I can tell, when I come into your studio, everybody's there. That's right. You've done all the coat of arms you see in town. Uh, is my, I've, I'm a coat of arms specialist. Right. Uh, and I've done the best of all the you know, presidents who are there, gone by and some, all of them. Right. And I've always sold, sold my works all over the place. Right. And since I, I, uh, I relocated to Ghana, my, I found something new in me that, I mean, at the time when I was in the UK, I was a black artist doing artwork. But now I'm home and I feel my effort is in, the effort that is, is in me now, I'm in Ghana, I'm doing that work that comes naturally to me. So that's the main difference I found. Right. Let me come to you, Yao. And so, out of all the art forms, some do sculpture, some do painting, some do pastel work, some do different types of art. What is it that makes a person choose one particular form? Is it is it the ability? Is it the market demand? Is it the inspiration? What, what is it that makes you choose a particular type? I think it depends on the individual. I mean, I am a multimedia artist. And, and, and yet you didn't school on it? No. I mean, and the fact is, the, I mean, the fact that I did not, I mean, um, study formally. Formally, yes. You know, I tried my hands on everything. So all the mediums you've mentioned, I've done it, and I'm doing it very well because I practice. I put in about 120 hours in a week painting, creating close to 300 originals in a year. Wow. And I do pastels, watercolor. Oh, slow down. <laughs> 300 originals in a year? Yes. You know, wow, and talking about the turning points, and I think I was wondering when I uh, participated in the one of the biggest art expo, uh, expos in the world, which is the New York Art Expo in 2011 before I came back home. Um, there were 400 exhibitors from 25 different countries, right. and they chose my work to 
to begin the event. Wow. And I've been thinking about it, and I know that that is probably the reason, you know, because um, there are some, you know, very, very good artists that I know that um, their work could have been, you know, the ones then you have, um, you know, Associated Press putting out, you know, articles about you, about 111 different uh, media houses picking them up and putting them around, you know. So these are some of the things. To me, I think I'm still, you know, working at, you know, my goals. Right. You know, um, I'm doing a lot of stuff, and I think um, for me to be able to um, get there, you know, I don't even have to look at myself that I've gotten there already. What about faith? What is it, the place of faith in what you do? You know, faith is something that you, it's very hard to talk about. You know, it's very hard to talk about, especially with the background. You know, I mean, when I was growing up, my mom taught us how to pray fast. You know, in high, I mean, primary school, we're fasting, you know, almost every Friday. And that kept me through. You know, everything that I've known regards to, um, regards to my, my life or the, the, the arts, you know, has been something. And I really realized that the, the Lord even mentioned it to me before I started painting. Right. I've, I've been very curious about, uh, and, and Joe, I'll come to you on this very shortly. I've been very curious about the place of faith, personal faith in God and how mm-hmm. God can influence the work that people do. Because I found out that beyond all the expertise, beyond all the talent, sometimes uh-huh. people have that secret place, that, that relationship they can't describe between right. themselves and God. Right. That gives them the inspiration. They do things and they themselves can't even explain how they did it, but they knew it was just God. Right. And I'm just curious about tapping into also all those those nuances of people's lives mm-hmm. how their faith in God their relationship with God affects their creativity it's been wonderful you know the journey is so beautiful that um, you know the people who are very close to me are the ones who will be able to tell you because I mean you don't go out there telling I have everybody. your wife in the auto studio should I pull her in alright you know and, and one of the things I you know sometimes I think about it I don't think she's ever seen me every single night Midnight, the mornings, you know, she sees me, you know, on my my knees, you know, and I think the Lord has done so much for me. I mean, I'm talking about places that I've been, you know, and yes, you work very hard because you know you want to accomplish something, but there are certain things that you'll be looking at and say, wow, how am I going to be able to accomplish it? And as soon as you finish, you know, it's the hands of the Lord. So personally, I could be going on and on and on, but you know. But there's one thing that you should do for me today, and all three three of you are going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. is to encourage that person out there who has the natural talent right. who says, you see, these people, they are lucky. They mm-hmm. are blessed. I mean, mm-hmm. you see, they lived abroad or they've won big awards. I mean, the world has opened up to them. I mean, yes. my destiny is different. I mean, I may never become a Joe Metal. I may never become a big person. I want you to speak directly to that person listening who says, mm-hmm. oh, I know I am good. Right. I am naturally good. Can you give the listening artist... Mm-hmm. A couple of guidelines about how to also make their dream. It's discipline. It's hard work. You know, you need to be determined. You know, I mean, there is nothing that you can do. When everybody, as I'm saying, you know, where, I mean, people were looking at me like, you know, what is he doing? And I heard stuff like, um, let's wait and see. I heard stuff like, um, you know, um, he needs a regular job. Go and do it. And you don't have anything to fall on. And that's how I saw it. I didn't have anything to fall on. So for you, two words, discipline and... Determination. Discipline and determination. Those yeah. are your two words. Let right. me come to you, Joe Metal. Joe, believe me, I mean, somebody posted something today that I found very touching. He said, listen, you can't explain this Joe Metal phenomenon. It's just the grace 
of it's God. Just grace. Do you agree with that person? I do. It has grace all over it. It has um, God's favor all over it. Um, I've always told people that my whole life um, is 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 an example, um, a reflection of of God's grace and God's goodness. So one of my favorite quotes I always say is that I don't just say God is good. I'm a real product of God's goodness. Mm. If, if you want to know how good God is or how good God can be to a man, you you need to look at me. Um, not because I've gotten to where I'm supposed to get to. Somebody asked me, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you think you are? I'm so, for now, I'll say 1.5. Because um, I'm now warming up to start what God wants me to do. And the thing is, um, most of the time, people always see the the beauty of it or the beautiful side, the the, the glamorous times, right. and not see what I, I started the whole music and ministry thing with literally nothing. Right. I couldn't even afford a player. So that is that, and that is exactly what I want to explore. So for the benefit of somebody listening out there who says, "Oh, Joe Metal, when will I? When shall I?" Somebody used to say, "When shall I?" What would you tell that person? I, You've that, always thought I, about grace. When, when grace, grace is one, and then what? Um, you, you need to have faith and confidence in the one that's called you, and faith and confidence in God, and you need to be committed to what you do. How is commitment expressed? What is commitment? Is it the look on your face? Is it no, the hours you spend? Commitment, is, commitment? is the time you invest in it and not compromising. You know, you don't compromise. You, you just put in everything. If it fails, you get up, you do it again. You, if it doesn't work, you, you keep doing it. And so that's for me is co- commitment. And then the other part I'll say is consistency. Even when you think it's working, don't get comfortable. Keep doing it. Thanks. Let me come to you, Neil. If somebody is listening to you and saying, Chief, I admire you, but I'm a beginner. How do I become the next Neil? How do I also live out my dream? Tell us, what should they do? Right. Actually, if you look around, you find there are other artists who you believe yourself that they are better than you. But it's actually, you have to master your art, work at it. If you look at an athlete who is a gifted athlete, he keeps practicing every day, running, checking its time, doing everything. So you have to keep mastering your art. Try Your aim should be to make a mark in the arts uh, you should try to make a mark in the artwork. Don't rush to sell the works that you are making. Even when people say your works are good, don't rush to sell them. Make sure that you are happy with what you are doing and keep the passion going. The most important word there is passion. Once you lose your passion, you lose everything. You remind me of, of, of Caleb in the Bible who says at 80 that I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago when Moses spoke to me. You say you're 75 and, and, and you wake up every morning, you're still firing on all cylinders. I'll tell you something. If I do a new design, I can't sleep. I have to wake up early in the morning to go and check it. Sometimes I forget to eat. Unless I check the new design before I can relax. Wow. So this is how, um, there you go. Right. So let me find out about the future. The future. What is next? What is next, and what what are you pursuing next, and what are you dreaming about? What is it that is is waking you up at night? Let me start with you, Yao. What what is next for you, you know, House of Safari? One of the main reasons why I decided to come home, I knew that I could be, you know, making it from Ghana. Um, I'm more concerned about artists here in this country, not here alone. And actually, I see myself as a representative of Africa Wonderful. when it comes to art. Wonderful. Um, there are a lot of talents out there. 
you know, and I think we need to get these people under our wings and motivate them and let them get there. Um, there are some times you don't want to get into asking somebody to help. But I think if the opportunity is given by the government when it comes to, you know, um, arts and culture, um, you know, we can pull all these guys out off the street. You know, he's maybe seeing all these guys selling, I mean, vending on the street. And if you pull 10 out of them, you probably get about maybe three or four. You know, for them to get something to do. And art is big. We have a lot of people who are coming into this country just because they know Ghana is a very beautiful country. They want to come here and visit. And now when they get here, there's nothing, there's not much to see. You don't have a national museum of art. You know what I mean? You don't see any president or anyone going somewhere to say, you know what, this is what we have. And I think it's very, um, and it's something that we need to address and we as artists for having this opportunity, you know, being out there, um, we need to do it in such a way that people begin paying attention. Right. People out here, there's a lot of people with money and don't even buy art. You know, they would rather buy cars and, you know, mansions and other things and put in their homes instead of investing in art. It's one, there is one um, Ghanaian artist called um, Alanachi. Right. You know, I was with one of the, you know, this collector, his name is um, Mr. Sede, the owner of uh, Blue Skies. Right. Uh, he came to visit me and I paid, um, reciprocated a visit, you know, went to his place and he was talking to me about it. That um, when he decided to buy one of his work, you know, I mean, it was just about 250 CDs. Now his work sold for $2 million. Wow. What are we doing? So you want to, you want to see a national museum of art? Yes. And you want to see artists brought together yes. and helped? Right. Let me end with, let me come to you um, in closing. Neil, what do you want to see? What do you want to see the future? What What is the, that vision that even at 75 you still want to see as far as art is concerned? Um, I think it's, come closer, please. Uh, Thank at you. least, you know, uh, it's up you know, to the artists to get together because we find the politicians don't actually, they will do a lot of talk about politics, uh, about art, but they don't actually put in any, any effort. So I think we, the artists, have to come together. Because I always believe that the art of uh, making money is the uh, art of doing business. The business of making art is the art of making money. So we, the artists, can come together and encourage the youngsters, bring them on board, show them that they have to express themselves freely, shouldn't try to copy other artists, have their own ideas and follow it through. Right. Let me just thank you, Francis Quateneo, the man who at 75 says there is still so much that he can contribute to the development of art in this country. Yao Ofusu Safori, who's just, just lit up our minds with a story about possibilities, and then Joe Metal, the man who we are celebrating for being the VGMA Artist of the Year. The lessons from you, Safori says, is discipline and hard work. Joe Metal says, grace, faith, commitment, and consistency. And Neo says, master your craft, work at it, don't rush to sell, and maintain the passion. What is your own perspective? Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 nine. Zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to 
www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, oh, oh. Searching the light, the light has come.